In this week's parasha, Yaakov Avinu predicts and promises kingship to Yehuda. Yehuda is fit for the concept of leadership and, and kingship. Now, in last week's parasha, we saw something that uh, reflected and was symptomatic of this unique characteristic that Yehuda possessed. In the encounter Yehuda had with Yosef, and the question was about Binyamin's return to his father safely, Yehuda pleaded with Yosef to allow Binyamin to go back home. And he impressed upon him by saying, Your servant was a guarantor. He guaranteed the return of this young boy. And therefore, as Chazal tells us, that Yehuda promised Yaakov, his father, that he will be responsible for the return of Binyamin. And he pledged, he, he, he put on, on the line his Olam Hazen and his Olam Abba, his well-being in this world and his well-being in the world to come. He put everything up on the line um, in order to guarantee the safety of Binyamin. So that's what Yehuda said to Yosef. Now, the Gemara says in Baba Basra, from this statement of Yehuda, we learn an important halacha. That if two people are involved in a loan transaction, Reuven is lending money to Shimon, but Reuven feels a little bit uncertain. He's hesitant that maybe Shimon won't pay back the loan. So Levi, a third party, plays the guarantor as the guarantor. He says, I'm guaranteeing Shimon's loan, that if Shimon can't pay, then I will pay. And Reuven trusts Levi more than Shimon, so he agrees to give the loan. What happens if Shimon can't pay back the loan? If the borrower can't can reimburse the loan, the lender can go to the guarantor. Reuven can go to Levi and, and collect from him. And the Gemara says, how do we know that this is true? That halachically, if somebody just says verbally, I will be the guarantor for this person's loan, that this becomes binding in a court of law, and the lender can actually uh, force the guarantor to pay based on what he said. Just merely saying a few words, that itself makes it binding. And the Gemara says, we learned it from Yehuda. Yehuda said to Yaakov, I guarantee the return of Benjamin, and he put up his whole life on Olam Hazi, in this world, his life in the future world, he, he is willing to sacrifice everything to convince Yaakov that he will be responsible for Binyamin's return. So from here we learn that if you say that you're going to be a guarantor, that it's valid and it's binding. Now the question is, the analogy to Yehuda to a loan transaction seems a little bit far-fetched. In a loan transaction, we're dealing with one party taking a loan from another party. And we're not sure who's going to pay back. Is he going to be able to pay back or not? So the third party comes in and says, I'll be the one to guarantee the loan. I will pay if he doesn't pay. But here we're talking about Yehudin. He's not promising to pay somebody else's debt. He's just saying, I'm taking the boy and I'm responsible for him and I promise I'll bring him back. I'll do everything in my power to bring him back home. It has nothing to do with a loan. It's a completely different situation. 
The analogy is only in the word Orev, the word Orev, which means guaranteeing. But the, the condition, the situation, is very different in the case of Yehuda than the case of a loan transaction where a third party guarantees a loan. How is the Gemara proving from Yehuda that in a, in a loan transaction, a, guarant, a guarantor is legally required to reimburse the lender? So the Rebbe explains is that in essence in the Gemara there is two opinions. One opinion is that we learn this law about guarantorship in a loan transaction from Yehuda, and the other one disagrees. It he finds another pasuk, a pasuk in Tanakh. So the Rebbe says like this: debate here is, what is the meaning of guarantorship? Why is it if I play the guarant, guarantor for another person, I become liable? I become bound. To the other person? Is it that the Torah says that my pledge to make good on somebody else's loan in case he fails to pay means that I have become committed to that loan? Or there maybe there's something deeper going on? And this is what the Rebbe suggests, and especially according to Chassidus, the concept of arvus, which means guarantorship, comes from the word eruv, mixing together. By bringing something into a whole uh, synthesis where it becomes one unit. The idea of guarantorship is tied to the fact that, that as, as a Jewish nation, we're all interconnected to such a degree that we're really one. On some level, and a very sublime level, our souls are so intertwined that it's, we're inseparable from each other. We consist of one single entity that's connected to the essence of Hashem. There are many other dimensions in our neshamas where the neshama becomes more of an individual neshama, each neshama being separate from the other neshama, but on some deeper sublime level, our souls intersect, intertwine, and are enmeshed into one essence. And it's that dimension of unity between neshamas that plays a major role in finances. That when one Jew says, I'm going to be guaranteeing somebody else's loan, I'm not merely saying that I'm committed to, uh, to this loan, that I'm going to pay his loan. I'm actually calling upon that deeper oneness that exists and lurks deep inside, the deepest and loftiest recesses of Anushama, where we are really one. And as such, it means that his loan is my loan. And based on that, I'm going to be liable to pay for his loan. And the Rebbe explains that in unity, when we talk about the unification of Jewish people, the number of levels, in generally the two levels, one is a complementary unity, where people are different from each other, but we complement each other. We are, you know, each one of us has something to contribute to the whole. And some people have money, some people are intelligent, they can teach. Each one is needed to complement the other members of the, of the group. But that's one level of unity. It's just like the, the organs of a body. Each organ has its unique quality. The hands can touch and grab things. The brain can't do that. The brain can understand and think and give direction to the hand what to grab and what not to grab. Same thing with the legs. Each, each organ is part of a whole. 
in, in the sense that it contributes, it has its own uh, two cents to contribute to the whole to the body. But there's something more transcendent in the unity of a body as well. The fact that it's a one human being. You look at a human being and you look at his hand or you look at his head or the nose or the feet, it's the same person. You're looking at the person. When somebody says, don't touch me, and you touch his toe, he'll still say, you touch me. Who is the me? That's your toe, it's on you. No. The me is, is, is there is a certain transcendent quality of oneness that per, permeates the entire self, the entire body. Every organ is part of that oneness of self. This is me. I, the way I am. That kind of oneness is at the essence of the neshama of a yid. And the question that the Gemara debates here is, can we allow something so lofty, so sublime, that's uh, deep into the deepest uh, recesses of the neshama, to affect even our finances? We know that there is a concept of arvus for mitzvahs. The din is that if I already made Kiddush, and somebody didn't make Kiddush, I can make Kiddush for him, even though the Allah is that if you are not obligated in a mitzvah, you can't make the mitzvah for someone else. So a child, for example, can't say Kiddush for an adult. But if an adult already made Kiddush, so he's no longer obligated because he already did it, you, I can still make Kiddush for someone else. Why? Because I'm responsible for his mitzvah. As long as I'm obligated in general in that mitzvah, I can, I can um, do the mitzvah for someone else. And he can fulfill his obligation through me. And that's also a concept of arvus, guarantorship. The Rebbe says, this is the concept of the, what the Gemara is saying. Yehuda we see, when Yehuda put on the line both worlds, his physical, the real world here on earth, uh, the future world, the spiritual world, he put everything on the line for Binyamin. It shows that his connection, his bond with Binyamin was not only vis-a-vis that particular issue that he should make sure that Binyamin goes back. Yehuda felt a oneness with Binyamin. With Binyamin was him. And if Binyamin gets hurt, then that means his life is affected. His Elam Haza, his Elam Haba is being compromised. It's not that he made a commitment to a particular uh, purpose that Binyamin should be returned, but that he expressed here a oneness with Binyamin that whatever happens, Binyamin happens to him. He is instead of Binyamin because he and Binyamin are one. That kind of oneness is a, a malchus deke oneness. As the Rambam said, a melech is someone who is the heart of the whole nation. The connection of a melech to people, a melech is not a commitment to people. He's committed to lead them. That's not the essence of a melech. The essence of a melech is that he is the people. He feels the people as if it's himself. That was Yehuda, and that's why Davkehi, Yehuda, was designated to be the next king. It ties well in with what the Sfasema said in the previous post. Only Yehuda, who is the same no matter where he is, his essence is always there. His commitment is a lion, whether he is riding high or riding low. That's a melech, that's a king.